Hello everyone and welcome to Music Is Everything podcast with me, Andrew Groves, and my very good friend, Matt Hornby. This Hello. week, we're going to do something a little bit different. And we felt like we really wanted to capture the essence of this podcast and what what we love so much about it and what we really set out to do and the kind of our our intentions behind this podcast. And I think the thing for us that has really been a huge success is the discovery and the sometimes the forced discovery of new music and looking in places where you wouldn't normally look. And we we felt like we wanted this podcast and this place to be the, the the place where you go when you want to find new music or you want to find something new. There's there's something you know you can come here and there will always be something new. Be that as it may, we felt like it, it also rested upon ourselves to push ourselves out of our comfort zone and also maybe share what's in our comfort zone. And so this oh. week, we thought we'll talk about maybe an artist that we're really very comfortable with but also then we would then intersperse that and maybe next week we would look at an artist that neither one of us had, had really had you know any any contact with or any anything like that and also maybe that would share something new maybe we would we would find love in different tracks than someone who was you know very familiar with that band maybe we would find a, a different angle maybe we would find you know people like the music we like maybe we'll find tracks that maybe would, would appeal to those people more than the classic tracks, the number one, you know, the most played, the hit single, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so this week we thought we would look at, I mean. It's the only place to start. It's, it's the, the only, only place, place to start. <laughs> start comfortable. Make it easy for yourself. That's it. Um, we're, we're talking about John Vachante, everybody. Oh, that's it. And... For those who don't know, shame on you. But also, mm. for those who don't know, guitarist shame of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, mm. long time, the most prolific, the most, uh, probably the most populous, as in guitarist for the longest amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um, but also a very prolific uh, artist in a solo sense, mm-hmm. in his own right. Um, so we're both huge fans. We're both very inspired, both as... I guess, music fans, but also as musicians mm-hmm. um, by his work. Um, so yeah, this is kind of, I guess, just want to touch on like our experiences and where you might want to start if you're curious about getting more into John Fashante. You might have heard something. You might you might not like John Fashante. Well, so we're here to convince you otherwise. I think, I think we initially were like, oh, let's start comfortably. Let's start with the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And we're like, well, you know what? I think that road's been covered. I think there's a lot there. But our experiences, even on this podcast, have been people who have been not familiar with his solo work or have maybe had some exposure to that solo work and be like, oh, and it it is expansive to say the least. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, depending on where you've dipped your toe, I think, you know, the water could be could be boiling or freezing. I really think it's kind of, uh, uh, you could be, you could e- easily be put off, I feel like as well. And there's definite, it feels like there could even be ranges for different people. And and I think once mm-hmm. you jump into that and kind of maybe familiarize yourself with it, I feel like then the rest becomes maybe more palatable or like easier to access. And um, mm-hmm. I would say um, maybe at a kind of, discographic 
view, I would say the earlier stuff and the latest stuff is probably the most uh, divisive. I think mm-hmm. you would maybe even love it or hate it. But then there is a an, a beautifully rich, warm middle that that I think is is kind of certainly if you have have had any interest in the Red Hot Chili Peppers or guitar based music or just great songwriting, I think you could easily uh, fall in love with you know multiple records within that. Prolific is certainly I think the the word. Oh, definitely, you, definitely. The day. And the peak the the peak bit of the, my knowledge and also I think of that kind of solo output was uh, around 2004, I understand, okay. uh, which is in Red Hot Chili Peppers terms, uh, between By The Way and Stadium Arcadium, mm-hmm. coincidentally, one of my favourite bits, mm-hmm. um, where he, re- he released six albums in six months. Wow. Um, one of, so I've not heard them all. Okay. Um, one of which was an album called Shadows Collide With People. Mm-hmm. Um, that, my understanding of his, his discography is it is... Yeah, to find an access point is difficult. Uh, mm. There's a lot of electronic music in there, uh, a lot of very experimental, uh, almost hard to listen to music. Mm. Um, but Shadows Collide with People is probably, uh, I would say, the most accessible thing I've heard, and it's a, a fantastic album. Mm. And and I think Chad Smith and Philippe play on it. So it's there's a lot there. If you're into the Chilies, there's kind of it's a it's a nice place. And yeah, I, I'd love that album. Yeah, it was, it's, um, so, uh, I think, I think even though I, when I, I was learning to play, you know, I think like I literally, I think I more or less got into the Red Hot Chili Peppers via their tab books more than I did their mm-hmm. records. Um, just as you could go to your classic, I, mean, I don't, I don't even know if they still is it, your Virgin Megastore, your HMV or whatever, Woolworths. And they, they, you could find these much like you find a novelty vinyl in like Tesco or something, it, it was kind of, they would always be there. And I was very much looking for, you know, the next challenge on guitar and, and anyone who's ever played guitar and tried to find a guitar tab for anything and just pull your hair. I mean, that's where this has gone. It's honestly trying to <laughs> find decent tabs because it, it was just, you know, this is my first tab, you know, it was like, so don't like uh, trying to find stuff. So it was more about like finding a new challenge. And so I think it was probably just before By The Way when I got into them, because I didn't, I started with Californication and Blood Sugar. Um, and it was more almost learning to play those songs as I was really listening to them. And that's, I think, I was trying to think even myself, how did I get in into John Frusciante or the, you know, even really the Chili Peppers. And I think I, I was more recommended and just knew that the guitar playing was kind of popular and, you know, followed on from funk and and jazz and the other things I was interested in. So it seemed like a natural transition. And obviously I think then that kind of focused me onto him specifically as well as, as mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like this guy. So actually I, I remember uh, Shadows, Collide, Shadows Collide with people coming out and my uh, kind of uh, kind of coming in point was very much trying to just find more stuff by him and coming across sure. some of the earlier records and also a lot of the demos. Again, this is peak torrenting and, you know, LimeWire and what have you. So like trying to amass these MP3s, you know, these 192 MP3s or whatever, you know, like uh, uh, of these, you know, at the time as well, 
very strong out demos, uh, the 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 very beginning of of this kind of his solo work really comes out of his sort of recovery from from heroin, and mm. um, it, so much so that I think one of the records, um, I think Smiles from the Streets You Hold, he he kept that back because he more or less put that out to to fund his drug habit, um, and he he's less kind of. Ha- um, he doesn't. He doesn't like that idea of that being the reason why that music came out. Sure, and, sure. and even his the earlier records before that were more people saying, "Hey, you should do this." And 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 again, it's kind of really worth noting that. Again, maybe you're coming into this, and you're rolling your eyes at the idea of the Red Hot Chili Peppers or something like that. Mm-hmm. This, this, all of these were a result of being in the Chili Peppers. The idea being that the Red Hot Chili Peppers, you know to this day at its heart is a, you know, platinum Grammy, blah, 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 winning million, billion pound band traveling the world. You know, they need to write what they write and they need to write it well. Whether that's written or otherwise or insinuated is another thing, but we all know the score here. If you were in that band, you need to deliver and and they're looking, you know, that they can't make albums without singles, et cetera. You know, like that's mm-hmm, the game mm-hmm. at play. And the idea was that these were the antithesis of that. These are these are the the freedom of expression. And I think that's also kind of why they are so expansive. Like these, you know, the early tracks mm. are these very cassette, literally cassette demos with, um, you know, like a, a, you know, drum machines and an acoustic guitar you know, no processing, no real nothing. And then the idea, and again, I think there's a real kind of line in the sand, was Shadows Collide with people in his words was he wanted to prove that his solo stuff didn't have to be so kind of, and in his words, fucked up and and <laughs> weird. And so hence why the production is just like such a night and day. It's a full production chad smith on the drums flea uh, is playing yeah, bass yeah, yeah. um omar rodriguez is in there a few times i think josh Klinghoffer uh, makes an appearance mm-hmm. uh, vocally uh, potentially on some of the drums i think as well um and he plays again interesting to note here for red Hot chili peppers fan josh Klinghoffer then features a lot on these solo records uh, on the drums or as a vocalist as well um yeah he does and, and that's yeah the the, the I think I think that's why that album in particular was more of an accessible uh, point for me. Anyway, I'd come in to the Chili's at Californication, mm-hmm. um, and arguably, that this um, Shadows Collide is almost more accessible than that. Yeah, uh, in a way, uh, yeah, much more poppy kind of song structures and hooks and all this stuff. Um, so it, I think it's a, I think actually it's a really good place to start if you're wanting to kind of completely get agree. into John Fashante. Um, on the Josh Klinghoffer thing, I had heard, uh, there's, he does, there's an entire album, right? Mm-hmm. Of John Fashante and Josh Klinghoffer. Yeah. Um, which is, cause as I understand it and correct me here if I'm wrong, the, the journey is, he was, his output is guitar bass in mm-hmm. the Chili's mm-hmm. as a guitar band. Um, and he, he kind of grew tired of that and wanted to, well, found experimentation in more electronic music, mm. which seems to be the, the the longer he's done, kind of had solo output, the more electronic it seems to have gone. Um, yeah, but um, so, yeah. Like, yes and no. It, like, yeah. it, it kind of, the early stuff is very much, let's say 
shadows collide with people is kind of, let's say, you know, kind of post sobriety. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, um, the, the albums before that are, are strangely electronic, um, but in, an, in a, in a, in a, kind of unprocessed like way there's more of a drum machine and an acoustic or an electric guitar and vocals um and whereas the songwriting i i i am very uh what's the word attached to some of those songs they're very unpolished and 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 i think mm-hmm. it's worth kind of mentioning you know that like at the time uh, you know in the same way that i think about i have a huge collection of Jimi hendrix's outtakes like it's mm-hmm. it's gigab I think it's maybe terabytes uh, big and I would listen to all of them and at the time that was of peak interest to me and so mm-hmm. that was incredibly palatable and the same maybe again there are points where certainly the very early stuff I feel like if if you really got into John Frusciante and you wanted more I think that would be the place to go and vice versa for the most recent stuff I think you need to kind of if you really got into this main kind of body of work which is a lot of records and EPs the most recent EPs will appeal to you a lot more but also if you have an interest in electronica which does it creeps in but we're talking over decades you know like it's mm-hmm. there are a lot of albums to, to delve into um, I, I think you know, like you say that, that middle chunk is, is really very palatable but at the same time each record kind of presents itself with a set of challenges. And, and he would also provide like a little kind of like an album note explaining why and how he got into this. So f- for example, uh, the DC EP and um, was a, a trip to a friend's house in DC and he had none of his gear. He had none of his guitars, none of his uh, studio gear and he wanted to make a record. And so he went about writing a record using his friend's gear and write, using, I think, a Les Paul Jr., you know, and that nice. was the kind of set of rules, if that makes sense. Um, for example, the album Curtains, which I, again, I think is another very accessible um, record, was recorded in his living room, no expense spared with the nicest, warmest analog, you know, tape machines, but just on mainly acoustic um, and just him layering up himself. And so it's a very sparse, there's some piano on there. It's a very beautiful record. Um uh, again, uh, To Will To Death, another very, again, with, actually with Josh Klinghoff on the drums, very sparse, very open sounding record, but just very, I would describe them, they're just, they're, they're strangely, as, even though they're the antithesis of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, they're quite just open rock or indie almost. And then mm. um, you get to something like Inside of Emptiness and you're looking at like full on rock. There's even screaming um, and like kind of more punk inspired and, and, you know, like using a, uh, a Les Paul and, 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 it, you know, being a very distorted, a very rocky record, but there's like a, within those records, there's a heart, which I think is the songwriting, which is, you know, the, the, I think better than the Chili Peppers in, in, in a more classic sense of a great song and a beautiful song and a beautiful, um, uh, uh sense to it that I think, you know, shines to the top in the Red Hot Chili Peppers, but I don't think it gets to really flourish in the same sense. I think their 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 baggage kind of holds them back that the idea that it has there has to be some funk or something in it kind of and, and sure, those sure. elements in and it. Slap, some slap bass. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think that, that kind of, yeah, like it's kind of holds it back. I really see what you're saying there actually, because it it I've never really made the comparison, but I'm going to now. Um he he's always uh 
given the impression, and maybe that's with kind of leaving and coming back to the chilies mm. a lot, um, that the, the kind of creative process is his uh, priority mm-hmm. more than kind of commerce or, mm. you know, big stadium shows. Um, like a real, yeah, like a true artist, really. Mm. Um, kind of sim- similar in, see what you think about this, but similar in uh, how I'd feel the reputation of George Harrison is. Um, sure, okay. Yeah, um, yeah, kind of the, the artistic one of the bunch. Mm. Um, maybe, yeah, some of the others are known more for their performance, I mm. guess, or even personality. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm really kind of drawn to that, I guess, in a way. I think, uh, but I think I it's th- that contract, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's what we're buying. And, and that's, I think, the biggest selling point. Sorry to cut you off. But uh, uh, the idea of, I think the biggest selling point for this is that these records were made in that contract that the, for example, I think, you know, at, at its peak, I think the album, the Empyrean where, you know, this, this real idea of, you know, that every single, every single frequency, every single note, every single thing has been labored over and that, there is an infinite amount of detail hidden underneath the surface that that contract of quality between him and the audience is, is why I think I fell in love with him just so deeply because it was always whether or not I was in or, or, or in the same space or was even really, you know, it was music that maybe wouldn't appeal to me if it was another artist. I would always kind of, jump in because I just knew that this music was made by someone who I know was obsessing over every single detail to make everything perfect and sure. and as they intended and and that that was the highest importance to them over to much to his own detriment enormously to his own detriment the financial or the or the the, the any other or even the audience themselves these were released mm-hmm. somewhat selfishly in in a pact of quality and and kind of um uh, uh almost like a sacrifice of of only achieve these songs only being the most you know creative and artistic level not the most um commercial and appealing uh, level and and I, again that's as far as the production and the guitar work and everything that that's i think just the greatest selling point is that that this is this is whether you like wagyu beef or not the quality you know what i mean is there do you know what i mean whether yeah, you like furniture or not a beautifully handcrafted oak table you know you can appreciate the the quality and the, and the love and care and the handwork that that is you know required for that. I think definitely. these records speak on that same level. I definitely I think though with the, the detail point and and this conversation I'm having a great time. Mm. It's actually making me uh, realize how not well I know this discography. Okay, um, which is I think testament to to it being kind of very varied mm. and a lot. Mm. Uh, so. Uh, when you're talking about detail there, I found some of the tracks, um, as well as kind of people appreciating that level of labour and detail over it, his kind of almost, uh, I don't want to say pain, but like artistic uh, struggle, if you like. Um, mm. In some of the tracks, when it's when it's an acoustic guitar, mm. like on a cassette, like you say, uh, 
the just sounds it's really, it's a really hard listen mm. um and, and i'd say almost entirely lacking detail it's just a it's just almost a, an acoustic guitar and a voice mm. um but i think to add yeah to add to the detail point it's it's a the expression of someone who communicates via their art rather than doing loads of tabloid press or whatever mm. um yeah kind of adds to that picture of of artistry um and it's and I'd, I'd definitely say, and this is maybe where we overlap in in appreciation, is uh, he's he's a songwriter that happens to be pretty good at electric guitar, mm. but and obviously lots of other instruments. Um, but it's I'd say, um, you know, there's some of my background is a world of of guitar playing. You mm. know, as a this this is this is songwriting. I think mm. as as a primary function. Yeah, definitely the the I think the song reigns supreme in all senses and it it really does cover you know a a huge breadth of like that that I'm I would say this I would guarantee there is something you can find that you can jump into and you can appeal to and you could find a whole record of it but I mean even within like you say within 2004 that six releases of, and obviously they weren't obviously recorded like that, but they were there. A lot of this music was recorded for himself and then released. So that was, you know, much like, same with Omar Rodriguez from the Mars Volta. They had a similar approach and they, and again, Omar appears on these records and as does John on his, um, mm-hmm. that, that, that it was made for himself to get these songs out. And, and often, you know, if you kind of follow it in line with the Red Hot Chili Peppers releases, you can understand the, you know, somewhat frustration, I suppose, maybe, or, or, or where, you know, where, where they're pulling, he's pushing kind of thing. And, and I sure, think, sure, sure. I think that's kind of, um, that, that, you know, that, that says one thing, I think another, you know, as the kind of discography goes on, you know, into the sort of two, well, late into the, I don't know what we have named the decades these days. 20, but 2010s? 2010s, late after that and kind of into more modern times then the records become more of a search for him trying to incorporate uh, electronica into the uh, discography and also trying and this is this is after this is after he left the chilies the second time right yes. yeah and 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 again worth noting both times he left the chilies was more or less for this reason of the kind of idea of pursuing artistry and not fame and fortune and he, I would say he's vehemently and aggressively opposed to stardom in that sense. Um, and so much so that he would leave, you know, a best selling band or whatever to, to, Mm -hmm. to go and be nothing. And I think, um, obviously the first time those records are, and again, there's a a film called stuff by, um, I think it was like, I want to say it's by, um, uh, I think like Johnny Depp and like, uh, uh, River Phoenix, I think, I, I think, okay. um, and they made a, a video of John Frusciante's house at the time. I remember hearing about um, this, yeah, which features some of his music and uh, the idea of kind of portraying this life of squalor and blood on the walls and puke and it was, you know it's a and there's some hot there's a um, very kind of now famous for it Dutch interviewer who who followed the Chilies and he interviews John at this time and. It, it's like a horror film and the music, you know, sounds that way. You could, you could almost, 
you know, you could you could forgive him for for, for that. Um, but at the same time, that within those songs, you know, I think there's still some really beautiful songs, and certainly. I realized today that I was more familiar with some of the random demos that I'd accumulated than I was the actual early records themselves. Um, but then, yeah, in the later elements, then yes, it's definitely almost falls into acid and jungle. Um, mm-hmm. And again, a, a complete departure from the Chili Peppers and leaving Stadium Arcadium and wanting to to explore those avenues. Um, and again, changing him his guitar playing, wanting to learn. Um, there's definitely some tracks... He's, you know, again, none of them intended for release. They were just kind of packaged up and 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 sold when they were. Um, again, him trying to kind of find his footing and and just making music to learn and change his uh, something he mentions a lot is kind of train trying to change the way he plays guitar um, into a more of an electronic format. He switched to a Yamaha SG, um, and kind of again, you can kind of hear a lot of that playing certainly on the, st- the start of it on some of the the records just before it but certainly like after the Empyrean it becomes almost purely sort of almost acid and jungle with these kind of song structures kind of thrown in and he spoke a lot about trying to create like this kind of song mosaic um uh, of all these different kind of you know genres being kind of thrown together and that kind of reigns supreme for a while and even for me myself I definitely uh, sort of backed off a, a small amount at, at, at that yeah, at that point, um, but ironically, listening to them again to kind of familiarise myself before this, I definitely was like, oh, I'm liking this bit more. And again, my mm-hmm. tastes have changed, and there's some things I actually found more a lot more interesting than I did then. Um, so there's a lot to a lot to unpack there. A yeah. lot to the, unpack. Yeah, yeah. Because my my impression of that kind of 2009 to 2019 period was that uh, he didn't really, that a lot of the releases weren't guitar focused at all and he barely mm. played. Because sure. I've, I've, I've heard little bits along the way. The Empyrean, is that how you say yeah. it? Yeah. Um, that was quite a big record at the time, I seem to remember. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've heard little bits. But yeah, I kind of, uh, my taste wasn't in, in the electronic world at mm. that time. And so I kind of veered away as well. Mm. Um so it's it's interesting to hear when you were talking about the kind of the punk elements and the indie elements. Uh, yeah. The more, I guess that's where I lie. And uh, so, yeah, I, I, it's, I'm definitely a bit more inspired to, to delve a bit further. Mm-hmm. Um, as I say, the, the very early ones, the, 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 there is no production yeah. and it's, it's very hard to listen to. Mm. And I guess that was probably a bit off-putting. So uh, I guess I... I I stayed very comfortably in my Shadows Collide world <laughs> sure. and haven't regretted it. Okay. Um, and what is it, the, the record with John Josh Klinghoffer? Sphere in the Heart of Silence. In, in my opinion, That's the one. Um, kind of, I think the idea being that it was more of a, um, more of a true collaboration rather than Josh playing on the records. Yeah. Um, in my opinion, humble as it is, it's not the strongest. There's some really great songs on there. Mm. Um, I think the albums with Josh playing and not necessarily kind of co-writing or, or I'm not, I don't, you know, I can't pretend to know the, the relationship, but as a drummer, some of my favorite drumming. Um, right. and, and also, also uh, adversely, I remember reading the liner notes and John saying something along the same. I think like, uh, on, certainly on the album, like, uh, the will to death, I think, uh, um, some of my favorite drumming, um, um, 
really in really inspired and really uh just yeah just 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 perfect just just like simple where it needs to be and and kind of in depth where it needs to be um nice. uh, and, and if anything dare i say i maybe prefer his drumming over his guitar playing um uh, uh i think john more or less covers the bass duties on everything more or less um he kind of follows that um Tom York style of bass playing and it's kind of a little bit more mm -hmm. involved. Um, but I think they're both actually, Tom York and John Frusciante are actually both incredible um, bass players. I think they're, they're bass players. Their bass playing is really inventive considering that, you know, they're not bass Guitarist, players. So yeah. I think Flea only appears on Shadows Clyde with People. Omar Rodriguez appears quite a few times uh, throughout the records. Um, and yeah, like I say, each one really, I, I really can't stress enough how each one is its own island um and it kind of has its own world uh, um, uh, of of songwriting um so I, I, like i say i think from acoustic to indie to rock to punk to like metal to like metal electronica to acid to jungle um i think the most recent album he just released is like a meditative thing which is more sound design um I and think, that was as recent as i think that was last year wasn't it i, th I think it's this year um, this year, right? Um, so, I, enough, I kind of began listening to it, and I was like, "Oh, okay, it's that kind of record." I, I don't, I haven't really counted that towards this in in that sense, but I could definitely be more familiar with the more uh, recent records in Closure and and um, uh, Maya. Uh, I think but I, I, again, I dropped off around. He did a few EPs, and I kind of dropped off um, uh, uh, around there. But I feel like I should. I kind of owe it to him to to, to definitely yeah definitely to, to, to definitely. Listen. Well, it's also worth saying I've seen the Chili's a few times, but uh, as far as I know, this none of this is toured or it's it's, it's 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 just recorded, written, recorded, released. There was one um, performance I know of in the UK at, um, in Cornwall, um, and he played acoustically, I think, and I think there was a few other performances where they did. He did one with Joe Lally from Fugazi and Josh Klinghoffer. He also did a performance with um, Josh Klinghoffer, I think at the Knitting Factory. And then ironically, one of the albums is with Omar Rodriguez and then Omar Rodriguez and Flea and him did a performance again at the Knitting Factory in San Francisco. And again, which is partly on YouTube and it's incredible. I really, wow. really wish they'd done a, a record of that because that I think about... And it's, it's, it's so interesting going back. So many of these songs are like core parts of my personality I feel and my brain almost I'm like oh that's why I like doing that like I, I would hear it again and almost re-recognize it but like, oh that's why I like that kind of melody or that's why I like this kind of thing that's where that idea of mine came from I feel like it was really interesting listening certainly to some of the really earlier stuff um should we maybe nice. like do some recommendations informed recommendations I do well I'd like to just summarize huh. what what do we like? Like, okay. why, why do we like John Fashante? Um, shoot. Well, should, as, as in, should we kind of be like, should we have a favourite? Do we have a, do you have a, do you have a group of like, do you have a favourite record? Well, yeah, Shadows Collide's my favourite. Okay. I've got a, a, I can, rec well, the songs Carvel, Carvel, the mm -hmm. first song, mm -hmm. and a Water is is later in the album. Mm -hmm. Is a track I've really, really enjoyed mm -hmm. for years. I think that's Omar Rodriguez. Um, I think is it really? Yeah, 
Nice. And how about you? Favourite record? I think I'm too close to it to really... Uh, I think that... To, the, like, The Will to Death... It was a classic. I left my CDs on a plane and I went on holiday with a friend. And the only uh, CD I had was that record. And so for me, that holiday, it was Lanzarote. Uh, nice. Um, is that record. And I feel very strongly about that record because of that. But honestly, it's really, I tried to, I made like a kind of vague playlist and and maybe to to your point like the will to death i love because there's like all this space and like the synth elements are really natural and and they they come in in these beautiful ways and they they they're organic feeling like there's there's not it's mainly just guitar based drums and it just mm-hmm. feels like there's this kind of simplicity to it that i love and this space on the record like the reverb and everything and the sound of the room is just beautiful and there's some organ on there but it's just great songwriting and it's it's got almost kind of, I would dare dare I say uh, there is a holiday like it's kind of an upbeat to it like on in the rhythm as well but then there's also like some some beautiful pianos uh, uh piano based songs on there as well and like it could almost be a Bon Iver record I think sure sure um and then at the same time like some of the real fire from like inside of emptiness, it gets really, you know, aggressive and distorted. And, and again, Josh, Josh's drumming is amazing on it. Um, and, you know, I think John's voice, just hearing him like scream, it's like something you just don't hear, but it's perfect and it's so controlled. And, and that, so again, like that is a big, it's a really distorted record. Like I think they they mentioned that they just wanted to make the most distorted record they could. And nice. but then what's great is there's some really soft songs there that I really love about. I love um, I love something really tender being just surrounded by noise. I think for me that's such a <laughs> a thing like a a vocal in the like middle the juxtaposition. And, yeah, and it just I think it's just so sort of representative of of of. I don't know of the world i think um but exactly. at the same time then curtains but, is like i was a teenager i was in college i you know was making friends with daryl and my friend my best friend nick and and like that we played those songs together and performed them together and i was obsessed at the time and again that album was just recorded in john's living room and um, there's a beautiful video called the past recedes of him that's a great that's a great tune exactly so that's from curtains and you can kind of see all the guitars and the equipment it's all beautiful vintage tube you know tape machines and everything there and it's just a beautiful record with amazing songs slightly (laughs) piratey vibe to it sometimes um and so yeah so uh, like that whole period is i think I, I wonder how it translates because it was just so tied up in my becoming. Sure, there's a lot of like nostalgia with it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think one thing we haven't mentioned and uh kind of going back to what I was saying about what do what do I what do we like about John Fashone? What's what's the kind of what's the point? It's an easy one because we really like him. <laughs> uh, but uh 
it hopefully kind of I like to think we can ask that question about um, other artists going forward and mm. uh, to kind of what we've said before is this idea of just finding something you like uh, no matter how small uh, and, and often the, these things like say a lot about about the artist um, but um, even I think I'm realising I'm more of a Red Chili Peppers fan mm. overall mm-hmm. uh, but something I've always liked in the Red Chili Peppers is John Frusciante's voice. Mm. Uh, he's, he's a great singer and uh, the timbre, the tone of his voice is really, really, uh, dare I say it, Moorish. Mm. It's, it's really, it's just a really nice sound. Uh, so I guess uh, his solo stuff really allows you to kind of hear that in full force mm-hmm. uh, rather than backing up Anthony Kiedis. It's, it's, it's just him. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something I, yeah, I really relish and really love uh, in what he does. Um, I guess in a, in a wider sense, uh, maybe now we've had this conversation, reluctant guitar hero. Yeah, uh, sure. You know, the cult is, he makes me want to have a Sunburst Strat and a Gretsch White Falcon. Got one. Uh, <laughs> you know, just, it, yeah, basically it, it, the, yeah, just a very, a very inspirational kind of character, I guess. Um, so yeah, one of the coolest coolest guys there is. Yeah, um, I, think, I think his, I think like harmonically, I think his role in the Chili Peppers as a writing force and a kind of harmonic force in that he's there, you know, has some, an, an, a, an encyclopedic knowledge of theory and everything. There's kind of, it's, it, you know, his, uh, and his playing. I mean, you know, to think that he tracked the guitars on the Mars Volta records, um, you know, Ampitecture, like that's one of the hardest records are some of the hardest parts to think that he, you know, would then go and, you know, do that's such a different record for him to do and such a different style of guitar playing. But then I think, yeah, for, for me, it's, and this one goes out to you. We can start our new uh, social media uh, campaign. This goes out to you, Justin Hawkins. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, I think like there's that, like the style that he had to create to kind of to a like it was as always I think the best discoveries are kind of part nature part nurture coming back and from kind of you know eight years of heroin abuse really and having very weak arms and scars and what have you and you know false teeth and everything and coming back and having this very stripped back kind of um, almost percussive, but, but very, I don't know. I can't describe it like a, like a, like a simplified and seemingly intentionally simplified, you know, kind of guitar playing that was focused on melody and his inspiration of kind of, you know, certainly with kind of, uh, uh, um, you know, certainly as like, for example, like a lot of the melodies and lead lines, you know, as the the 70s kind of drifted into the 80s and certainly come by the way where that guitar playing style was just kind of pure melody. Mm -hmm. Um, And just there as a a true melodic instrument as opposed to needing to kind of, here's the guitar solo spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I think it definitely, that kind of harks back to the songwriting element. It's Mm. like, the classic play the right notes for the song mm. uh, and 
it isn't whilst they're a guitar band they're a song band yeah uh, the Red Chili Peppers mm. and I think if you remember that then you're not kind of looking for uh the riff or the guitar solo mm -hmm. um although they're they're in there they're, you know, they're in there and it's a, and it's a nice treat um but the it's almost there I was just yeah I think the Justin Hawkins thing you uh, you reference the very the very I've met plenty of people who can't hack the kind of the the uncomfortably clean plinky yeah. uh three note solos mm -hmm. uh but I kind of you know, it's like light and shade in contrast to the the big distorted uh, Danny Californias. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, it's it's just it's just what the song needed. If you, if it was the same every time, it would get boring. And then there's so many songs across his solo stuff and the Chili's that uh, yeah, I think it'd be too much of a good thing. And and it, I think what again is it is it it reflects the album. Like I, I mentioned, inside of emptiness being kind of so distorted and everything like that. Like the solos on that are. The sound of someone, you know, beating an amp to death in a room. Like it, it is full on as fast and as hard as he can play. And and I think what's even better is that he can do all those things. He can double track himself playing, you know, 30 second notes and, and playing this incredibly difficult uh, guitar parts. But that's not what it calls for. And, you know, like again, you know, going back to something like Curtains, playing these uh, solos on acoustic guitar. Um, I think like for songs like uh, the, the Empyrean, which I think is maybe my overall favorite and kind of the, the real last in that point. It, mm -hmm. it felt like he, he really was sort of almost a sense of kind of giving him his himself up for the sake of the song. He even, you speak of his voice, he kind of, explores his voice a lot on that record. There's a lot of very deep singing and almost like he's putting on a voice to, to some uh, degree. Um, but yeah, like challenging his guitar playing all the time and kind of what he can get out of it. And certainly in the later records, he's doing that all the time. There's some amazing guitar playing of him really trying to not be a guitar player um, and mm. play in that, in that way, which corners almost encourages on like jazz to some degree. Um, also like the, his chord progressions, uh, are incredible. Again, his theory knowledge is incredible. If you want to just learn, if you want to listen to learn, I really advise that even in the electronic stuff, the harmony is incredibly dense. Um, and it enables him to kind of really transpose and just kind of go on these kind of almost never ending chord progressions. Um, mm. so I, I think, I just think there's something there for everyone. And, and I think for me there it's the, it's the sense of quality. Someone I very much look up to as a an artist who puts that art first and foremost. And I know is there putting in the time way beyond anyone else and, and you know, putting that artistry at the highest, you know, only their only desire being to 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 put their artistry at the highest level and be the best that they very can. Um and so I think, you know, certainly within that, the to be humble enough to then play you know, a little delicate three note solo on an acoustic guitar or, you know, rip it up when it, um, when it calls when for it, it needs. is, is yeah, kind yeah, of the yeah. music I want to listen to. Um, should we maybe do some recommendations and, um, sure. Go on. I reckon, well, I've mentioned my, my couple. Okay. I, if you, if you want somewhere to start, I think we're both agreed to go to Shadows Collide with People. Um, we'll, put a, we'll put a couple of links below. Um, Shadows Collide. The first, the opening song, 
Uh, Carvel is amazing. Mm. And a second walk, track five, also great. Amazing. Uh, and as I said, track 14, Water, mm -hmm. is a, oh, it's a banger. It's a nice long kind of great solo, beautiful mm. song. Again, I would add, um, again, if you want to learn some great chords, um, again, Shadows Collide with People is kind of teamed with, by the way, a lot of influence of like the Bee Gees and stuff like that within those records. Um, Wednesday's song, um, it's just, uh, just the harmony and the chorus in that song is just triumphant. Like I dare, I dare you not to, to smile at those, the, just the harmonies and everything are just so beautiful. And it's such a beaut. like go and find the tab if you can and learn the chords for that song. They're really hard um, and just amazing. Um, and again, like even early on, like cut out, it's kind of even that that uh, uh, start of him, you know, kind of almost uh, like screaming, uh, um, uh, kind of starting to to begin that it, within Shadows Collide with People. There's there's a lot of um, like kind of I would say it like it's almost like a compilation. Shadows Collide with People. There's a lot of like uh, there's a few yeah. electronic tracks, but in a more like textural instrumental sense yeah i was gonna say it's like notes it's not fully electronic like he, he kind of goes eventually but it is an 18 an 18 track album yeah I'm it's a biggie now so it is a biggie but it's all good what, I, what about other recommendations for you um so yeah if you i think i think i'm d divided between the will to death and the empyrean as being my favorite Maybe there's some similarities between the two. The Empyrean, there's definitely like the track Central has Johnny Marr on it, um, uh, which is pretty cool. And a, a choir, a male choir on there. Um, nice. And it's a, I played it on the Discord uh, a lot of times. It's just the perfect like layered song. It's something I love about him and, and his kind of knowledge of mixing and production and kind of just taking a chord progression and repeating it and just building up layers and layers and layers. And it's just this, this kind of simple phrase and it just keeps building up and there's strings, there's a string quartet on there and like an amazing guitar solo. And yeah, Johnny Marr plays on there. Um, he, he's playing guitar and yeah, I think like central for me is like the quintessential John Frusciante song from uh, his album, The Empyrean. The Will to Death, there's a song called um, Time Runs Out, which is maybe my favorite and a song called A Loop. Um, again, uh, just just really good. It's literally, the whole song is a loop. And again, uh, it just kind of starts to bring in that sort of more, uh, uh, like, a, like a, almost like a noise-like element. It's real like screaming guitar. Um, and then yeah, Inside of Emptiness, if you want like kind of more of uh, the kind of punk influences, maybe even black, uh, Black Flag and, and and a few of those like there's there's that but then kind of diluted into his um, kind of sense of songwriting a world the world's edge is um, an emptiness uh, I think are really good tracks from that and then if you're nice. there for a, 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 an acoustic you know you want uh, just a beautiful Sunday sounding record um, then I'd I'd um, advise um, curtains like the past recedes and Anne which is amazing I had such affection for the song Anne me and my friend uh, Nick used to play it and there's like a two dueling guitar solos uh, Omar Rodriguez plays with him over this bit at the end. And it's, um, I think even just like I say, I think there's so many reasons you could jump in, whether you want to just learn 
um, whether you want to study <laughs> and, and whatever mood you're in, I think you can really kind of find something that, that works for you. Um, and I feel nice. like between those, you could really find something that you like. If you want to try something new and out there, um, there is a record, I think it's just called O by Omar Rodriguez and John Fashante. And it's an instrumental record right. that they made together. Can kind of two guitars kind of battling one another more or less. And then I think in the much more recent stuff, PBX Funicular Intaglio Zone and Letter Leffer, um, I think I would recommend those records for like maybe getting into the electronic side of things. Because I think by the time it gets to Maya and Enclosure, which are the most recent records, it's like full on acid and jungle and less song. Um, sure. And it is worth mentioning that his, uh, he operated under the alias Trickfinger for yeah. a while for his, yeah. a, his acid house stuff. So if that is your bag, mm. go there. Yeah, yeah well, exactly. Um, it depends where you're, where you're coming into it. Um, exactly. Uh, but I nice. feel like there's, there's tons there to unpack. Like uh, You can find so we're going to put this in a so playlist. Much. We're going to put all these recommendations in a playlist that you can add to as well uh, if you have anything that you feel like we've missed out. Um, and the idea is that this is there. Whenever you you want to point someone, you should check out this play. This is the best place to start. And it's a little line in the sand. Um, definitely, definitely. And uh, well, let us also know what you thought of our slightly new experimental format. Mm. Um, and if you've got any suggestions for artists that we can kind of try our very best to summarise yes. in a somewhat shorter feature, um, let us know. Let us know. We're, we're open to everything. And to be honest, it's it's as much about you discovering stuff as it is about us discovering stuff. That's it. So um, Next yeah, time we're going in dry. I was going to say, the next one will be three minutes long and <laughs> a big question mark. So um, prepare yourselves. That's it. Um, but yeah, this has been Music Is Everything. And uh, check out the Discord. Thanks to the Patreons, as always, for the support. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.